Welcome to yet another episode of Asbury Pod with your hosts, Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week's guest, Rudy Corona, king of the Asbury Park sewage treatment plant, rock and roll jazz drummer, and motorcycle aficionado. Rum, rum. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official city of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Welcome, everybody. You're here on Asbury Pod. This is Amy Quinn. I'm Joe Walsh. And it's the 18th. It's also light of day in Asbury Underground. So in a couple hours, the downtown's probably going to be pe- likely packed. Although it's cold, so I don't know how packed it's, it's going to be. All those Swedish tourists who are here to see Bruce are not phased by the cold. Yeah, and I, I hate to tell people this, but I have not heard that Bruce is coming this year. Although that doesn't mean anything. Although some, it somehow usually trickles to me at some point. You know, just a side note, this week, uh, Bruce's son became a Jersey City firefighter, and I think that was the coolest. Kudos to the Springsteen family. Really? I mean, he could have founded a record label or some other thing that Or a lifestyle website. Yeah. He could have been an, an Instagram influencer, but he's like, I'm going to be a volunteer firefighter for three years. I am so trying to be an Instagram influencer, and I'm failing miserably. So you need a billionaire father. I do need a billionaire father. <laughs> so... Uh, so it's light of day, so we want to congrats all Amy. the people doing light of day and Asbury Underground. Um, and we are here with the king of the sewer plant. Yeah, that's what I heard. Nice. <laughs> that's right. You've been promoted. <laughs> when Joe and Ed told me they were going to get Rudy, I I literally was like, no, they're not. They're never. They're never. They're never getting you out here for this. So thank you for coming. You're welcome. Well, that's what is his name? Rudy Corona. That's correct. Yeah. King of the sewer plant. King of the sewer plant for many years. For 32 years. For 32 years. And um, I will, I'm will. i just going to say this one thing. Asbury Park is one of the very few munici- municipalities that has their own sewer plant. Correct. Okay. So, Rudy, we're going to start. What well, brought you to Asbury Park and the sewer plant? Well, let me ask one, one yeah. thing before. For people oh, should really... we t- address Patricia Patton and the button that you oh, have been yeah. so stressed out so about? So, what happened? Like, we're, so, people so are Patricia, expecting... came, Patricia Patton came on. She's the guru of cannabis. Right. Um, in Asbury Park, writes a ton of articles on cannabis. And just so you know, the leading demographic of people who are buying cannabis um, are seniors. Mm. So, she talks, but they don't talk about it. They don't oh. ever talk about it. Right. But they are, right. according to the medical marijuana studies, like the people buying the card, it is seniors, which would make sense. Yeah. Glaucoma, variety. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aches and pains, mm-hmm. back back issues. So mm-hmm. she was brilliant. Um, we hit a button. I pushed the button that should not be touched and thought everything was hunky-dory. And, and this has stressed Joe out for like two weeks. Yeah, so essentially I turned off the microphones at the start of the podcast and it picked and turned on another one. Yeah, yeah and you're mind. like one of those people. First of all, I wasn't irritated, but yeah. even if I was irritated, you beat yourself up so much <laughs> that I can't possibly beat you up, right? Because I just feel like I'm just here to be like, stop beating yourself up, stop yeah. beating yourself up for pushing the button. No well, big deal. Yeah, you know, I did. You know, as a graduate of the Catholic education system, it worked. As I asked uh, he, um, Hannah, it, it left a mark, right? Uh, so yes, yeah, so totally cool. Patricia's yep. coming back, uh, and we're doing Patricia and Yvonne Clayton at our next one. Yvonne's going to talk about all things city council that I can't say, mm-hmm. and uh, Patricia will be back to get you back up to speed on cannabis and seniors. Yes, um, so we have to redo that one. But I have a question for Rudy before we start. Yeah. So for people who do not know, where is Asbury Park sewer plant? It's at the north end of the boardwalk, the north right. end of town, uh, pretty much right next to the senior tower. Right. And can we talk about how much shit 
I don't know, well, I mean, both figurative and literally, how much shit we get for having a sewer plan on our waterfront. Uh, do you get a lot of shit for that? Because I do. We do. We do. But you have to remember that that plant has been there since the 30s. Um, it was there. It predated the senior tower. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, it's not new. I think that a lot of people have just kind of found out about it maybe in the last 20 years or so. It's become uh, more of a hot topic since the redevelopment is pushed ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, the property is desirable now. So there's, there's a lot of that going on. But the plant has been there for many, many years. Um, well, I think it's your question. I think it's great in the sense that I'd never, you, it doesn't look like a sewer plant. It's no. rather well no. dis, de, described. It, I mean, disguised. And I, you know, when I first moved down here, I didn't, I didn't find out what it was until I smelled it. And I was like, oh. And then someone explained where that was coming from. And, you know, that issue has been addressed. Right, so it's no that issue yeah, has been and that was the, the idea. It was yeah. it was designed to fit into the uh, the original redevelopment plan in the eighties. Um, there was going to be a parking deck actually on the roof. What? <laughs> I was going to bring up the parking deck, so you I'm beat serious. me to that punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be a parking deck, and on the roof. thankfully that never materialized. Oh, can we still do that? I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, it would be amazing, especially <laughs> like on a Saturday night with the. Uh, 2,000 drunks parked on the roof of the sewer plant. <laughs> and I think that would be a lot of fun. And who trying to get into the sewer plant, which is a labyrinth of mazes. Yeah. I mean, a horror movie should be filmed in that sewer plant because, was it last, two years ago, we did, I did a tour with Chrissy Ballard, who was- yeah. oh, that was that was last year, wasn't was it? Was it last year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it wasn't that blends long ago. together. Um, so Chrissy Ballard, our city engineer, who is our, is our highest- listen to podcast which is interesting because who would think it engineers that interesting she's, but she's, she's a remarkable person yeah. she's adorable um although i think hannah hannah walker might have might have beat her but i gotta i gotta squash those numbers anyway it is a labyrinth of <laughs> mazes that if you drop me in there i would never yes. be able to get myself out yeah well the original design <laughs> hold on a second <laughs> someone's calling the bookstore <laughs> to turn off the phone i don't maybe just answer it ed <laughs> Yeah, hello, Asray Pod. Words Bookstore. Words Bookstore. Okay, there, okay, we, there go. we go. Sorry about that, everyone. We'll cut that out. So let's restart that question. <laughs> if the sewer plan is a labyrinth of mazes right. that I, for one, certainly would never be able to get out of if I were dropped into it. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I imagine when you're hiring, people potentially get lost the first couple of days figuring out where they have to go. They do. They get lost. And people that have been there for many years get lost there, too. But they do it deliberately because <laughs> there's, uh, there's a lot of places that you can hide. If it, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But uh, the, the thing is that plant was designed to be – it actually should be on about four or five acres if it was spread out like they normally are. This thing was piggybacked on two levels, and that's why it's so, um, it's so labyrinth-like inside because – there's tanks stacked on top of other tanks. It was at the time it was an award-winning design. The engineers got all kinds of uh, awards and and citations, et cetera. Of course, they didn't have to work on it; they only had to build it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of challenges in there when you have to maintain the equipment and uh, maintain tanks and stuff like that, where there's really no room to work, and you're underneath concrete, and it can be quite a challenge. However, the design from the treatment standpoint works great. We produce a fantastic effluent. That's the treated sewage that leaves the plant. Can we put that on a T-shirt that we produce yeah. a fantastic effluent? It's know. fantastic. Asbury Park. It's not just good. Right. It's fantastic. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I just I have to circle back because we, we usually talk to people about a lot of the people we've spoken to because you live in Neptune, Rudy. I do. Um, a lot of What brought you to the Asbury Park sewer plant 34, 32 years ago? Well, uh, 32 years ago, I literally fell in shit. <laughs> uh, fell ass backwards as they say yeah i had been living in uh down in ocean county i, I grew up in uh, newark and east orange in essex county and i came down here during the first uh marriage to ocean county to point pleasant we were living in and that started to fall apart but before it did i picked up the newspaper i wasn't really working i was painting houses and playing and drums and i was 30 29 or 30 and uh i i saw a classified ad for a new wastewater plant in Asbury Park. I didn't know anything about this whatsoever. And I answered the ad. I called up. I came up here. I spoke to someone. I don't even remember who. It might have been uh, Garrett Guyverson. 
And I got hired. And I was actually hired for the startup of this new plant. I worked in the old primary plant for a couple of months while they transitioned into this plant. Um, so when I got here, it was really interesting. I was, they were giving us training classes. I didn't know anything about it. I'd never even seen a wastewater plant before. And uh, that's how it happened. I, I answer, simply answered a, an ad in the paper. Although also what we talk about all the time is what brought you to Asbury Park, bankruptcy or breakup. So it sounds break like up. break up. Yeah. Okay, we got another for breakup. Who's tallying that? I hope our fourth or fifth listener is tallying that score. I think we had eleven last week. So, yeah, I, I worked there for a year and then uh, ended up moving into town. Everybody came here from bankruptcy or breakup. Yeah, yeah. Um, what should we know about the sewer plant? You should know that we treat about two million gallons a day of wastewater from the city of Asbury Park and the city of Asbury Park only. We're not regional. Um, our system is a secondary treatment system, and that's because we're an ocean discharger. So our what we have is a, a discharge permit, which has a, it calls for a certain amount of uh, removal. And uh, in our case, it's 85% of solids and organics. And our plant produces over 95% Every month. I can't remember being any lower than that. So we're way beyond what our permit calls for. What does that mean when you say produce 95%? Well, our, our removal of organics and solids is 95% plus. Okay. I feel like and we're saying the words organic and solids. What does that actually mean? Is that like pee and poop? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So we were dressing it up. Yeah. We're dressing, we're it, dressing up it up. <laughs> and calling it organics but and solids. That's the basic, that's the basic uh, idea. So we produce a very, very good effluent. So what, when, when it's removed, where does that go? It, it goes into the ocean. No, uh, the effluent goes out, but when the, when the solids are removed, well, are, they, are they trucked away? or? Yeah, they're trucked away and incinerated now. And now they call them uh, biosolids. We mm. have... we have. It's uh, a lot of fancy words for the word poop. Yeah, there's PC terms now. We used to just call it sludge. Yeah. And now it's biosolids, but uh, it's removed and Was it ever called poop? Because well, it's not uh, just poop. It's a whole lot of awful stuff, I think. Well, so that brings me to Ed and Jeffrey's question, which I've had to hear about from Jeffrey for a little while. What should we, what are people, so you say that, but obviously I'm a person who only flushes organic materials and and sol solids. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> so what are what are other people flushing that doesn't fit those categories, which is well, puzzling to me? Or like, take this time as a public service announcement to the residents of Asbury Park. What should we absolutely stop throwing in toilets today? Any kind of rags, wipes. Um, the wipes are terrible. Yeah, right? feminine uh, products, uh, things that, you know, they should go in the garbage. Just imagine you have a small pipe and you're throwing these things in a pipe. What's going to happen? It's going to clog So the up. only thing I'll speak to with feminine projects products is if there is no garbage can in or near your stall, you're left with the debate of, am I just going to walk out with this and, and, and a, own right. it and own it, which I believe you should, or am I just going to roll the dice and just yeah. throw it down the toilet well, and I, hope for the best? Are, these, are, these are things that, you know, come up in our day-to-day -day lives. <laughs> yeah. We have to deal with them the best way we know how. But I'm giving you just, that's the basic outline. I so mean, feminine uh, products and wipes are the worst. Yeah, we find what we find and what causes us problem is rags, which we get a lot of rags now. When Nobody you say rags, really like a knows. Rag? We don't really know. Okay. Nobody in this industry really knows where they come from, but we get rags uh, by the ton. They come in all the time, and uh, that's one of the things that we have to do. Our biggest problems here is sand, grease, and rags. Those are the things that cause us problems. People which in we have Asbury to Park are overwhelmingly flushing rags down their toilet. It's that not just puzzling. Asbury Park; it's everywhere. Okay. Everywhere gets them, and nobody's really sure where they come from if they if they get washed into manholes or what. But I guess some people do throw that kind of stuff down the. Uh, well, I have seen a new wave of people using wipes as opposed to toilet. Well, yeah. and maybe I've just been observant of it now, or there's a new wave of people who prefer to use wipes. From toilet paper, which is also mind-boggling to me because they're always so cold. <laughs> yeah, but that's the manufacturer's fault because they seem to imply that they're safe. So people buy them not knowing that it's actually causing a huge problem. Like in London, yeah, right? you know, London sewage system blew up because of these things. Yeah, like they had. What they I love that you know that, Joe. Uh, Recently, uh, it blew up. Yeah, 
I, I heard something to that effect, yeah. And they're the originals, you know. Right. They like Roman sewer, sewers, right? They're super old sewers. Well, London is where the whole industry really started. Really? Yeah, when they had the uh, cholera outbreaks. You can right? read about all this. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, London used to have open sewers. Like, so Fleet Street, right. Fleet Street used to be Fleet Ditch, which yep. was an open sewer. So London used to stink uh, so badly that it was the, you know, that's why the 18th century pictures of um, men in uh, wigs used to have them holding a handkerchief at their nose. It wasn't just affect. It was a perfumed handkerchief to disguise the, the floating sewage smell that covered London. So yeah. until they covered Fleet Ditch... And cholera helped drive that too. Yeah. You know, very interesting. And am I being um, manipulated when, um, well, at least my wife is always, we always buy, is it Scotty's? Whatever, whatever toilet paper says they're sewer kind. Oh, they for all lack say of that. Uh, toilet paper is, is pretty it much makes fine. makes no difference. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's not a problem. Paper towels are Well, problem, I'm telling right? you, I buy one and I have to take a picture of it now that says, that references we're good for sewers or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. It's no. BS and it's advertising. Paper towels. I mean, toilet paper is okay. It's the, but toilet paper does No, but this down. is a specific brand of toilet paper uh, that uses marketing. Yeah. Septic yes. Soap. There we go, Ed. One well, day that, we're going to get you on mic, Ed. But septic is different, right? Because septic is, is the tank in your yard. Yeah, you have a, oh, a separate tank. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Okay, I got you, got you. I'm buying... Okay. So, you're, you're, so, so I'm not helping Rudy with that. So you could just no. it in your backyard, apparently. Oh, it's all safe. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to. So. so are you seeing like w- with as, so it, I, I know Joe had this question about the, the growth in population and the sewer, but we're actually losing people. I mean, I know people are thinking that there's this tremendous growth in Asbury and it's certainly the gentrification process is bringing, you know, more for lack of a better word, white people to Asbury, mm-hmm. but our population's actually decreasing. I have noticed that. Um, it hasn't affected us. Our plan is designed for 4.4 million gallons a day, um, and we're only doing about 2 million, maybe a little less than 2 million, 1718, so we're fine Okay. as far as capacity goes. So if we were to get an influx, no problem. we're fine. Okay, just, just making sure. Interesting. I, well, I, have, I have a follow-up question from earlier like, that I didn't think of um, before. So the plant is right on the boardwalk. Should it be moved away from the boardwalk? Not well, for aesthetic reasons, but for storm reasons, like during Hurricane Sandy. Oh, Mike, oh, you hit my Sandy sorry. question. Yes, That's I, all right. Go. Really. It was horrendous. Yeah. So was Irene, but Sandy was worse. We got swallowed up, flooded mm-hmm. out. It was uh, quite quite ca- catastrophic for us. Mm-hmm. We never stopped operating. I mean, we got through it, but we had problems with the standby generator. We had uh, flooding problems. We had about six or eight feet of water in the basement, in the lower level of that plant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we had to pump it out with uh, mobile trash pumps and stuff like that. It was really, it was something I never want to go through again. We're maybe addressing this with some floodgate type stuff in the future. There's, there's a lot of uh, upgrades coming in the near future with that plant. But that was bad. Sandy was bad. And Irene was bad because we lost power for about 13 days and we had a foot of rain. Mm-hmm. Sandy, there was no rain. Had we gotten the rain with Sandy that we got with Irene, I don't know. I don't even want to think about what would have happened there. And I think people forget Irene. So I actually lost all my fish in Irene. Yeah. Um, because we lost power and we, we were all mildly prepared for Sandy. Like you knew you might lose power. So you did whatever it is that you needed to do to prepare. But Irene, we lost power for a, 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 a decent period of time. Mm-hmm. Ill prepared for it. Much less prepared for it than Sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I, I feel like Irene doesn't get the due that it should in terms of horrific storms. Uh, yeah, I agree. Because the, the, it didn't feel as catastrophic because the flooding went north, right? So the Delaware River flooded because it dumped all the rain in New York State. Yeah. Um, and then buried um, Lambertville. Um, so we felt we missed a that we dodged a bull, but it was pretty bad, a pretty destructive storm. I know yeah. the guy that used to run Lambertville. Uh-huh. They've had problems with flooding, terrible problems with flooding there for many, many, many years. Interesting thing about Lambertville, has a female LGBTQ mayor who absolutely nobody thought she'd win, Julia, Julia Fall, and um, beat the Democratic machine there immensely. Mm-hmm. Like, knock the Democratic machine out. Let's have her on. We should totally have her on. Yeah. Yeah, she's lovely. We could declare them a sister city. Yes. When you say you knew who runs Asbury, do you know the mayor that she knocked out? I mean, Lambertville, when you knew. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I, I know. I just know the guy that used to operate that system. 
He was a teacher of mine, actually. I think it wasn't the pro- part of the problem was that New York State had kept their reservoirs at an extraordinarily high level in response to droughts in the 80s, which meant that it increased the increased flooding incidents downriver. Or never mind. Never, I read that once and I've decided. I don't I've already really zoned out yeah. by the third <clears throat> word of that sentence, Joe. <laughs> Grossest part of working in the sewer plant. Can I also tell you that I'm, I'm going to give you guys a compliment. And one of the reasons why I wasn't sure if that was you at Asbury Roastery a couple weeks ago is there is no drama with the staff at the sewer plant. No. So I never have to, I never know who you, you all are because you don't have drama. Now there's will, drama with fire. There's I drama will, with police. Yes, absolutely. You have no drama, which is why when people are like, I work at the sewer plant and I've never seen you, it's because you don't have any drama. Well, they've also been instructed not to mingle with the uh, citizens. No, I'm, I'm only kidding. About <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do tell them, stay here. Your job is here. And, you know, this is what we do. This is our house. Let's take care of it. And I'm lucky to have a crew of great guys. Yeah. And it took a while. It wasn't always that way. But we have good guys now. And they, sh- they should be applauded for their superhuman efforts, especially in the last couple of years in that place. Well, you should be applauded for not causing me any grief and drama with the sewer department. That's Amy's governing philosophy. Leave me As, lo- leave as me long alone. as you don't <laughs> cause me grief, you're my favorite employee. My, my philosophy is, listen, if I come to you for something, it's important. I'm not going to come to you because I want an air conditioner or a new chair. It's important. You know, otherwise, we endeavor to take care of our business, and that's what we do. Maybe we should re- – uh, can we get the uh, – can the council recognize them for their uh, silent and tireless duty? Totally. Do you want a proclamation? Sure. Okay. We'll take a proclamation. All I right. think we'll so. We'll give a proclamation to the sewer Because like, think about Hurricane Sandy. Like, people don't realize how bad it was for you guys. It was it was horrendous. And so maybe like a – not posthumous, post-fact uh, recognition. Well, it's like five years post. <laughs> Sorry. I got it. Well, know, we'll figure something out. It's yeah. only get my Latin book. The funny thing about Sandy was before the storm hit, it was about maybe 4.30 in the afternoon. I was on the roof of the plant with – So uh, you stayed at the plant through Sandy. I left and came back in okay. the middle in the middle of it. And I couldn't actually get in because of the flooding around. The, I was in the Jeep, and the water was up to the doors. And at that point, transformers were blowing up and falling off the telephone poles, and I'm in water. And I said, nah, maybe this isn't a good idea. And are people inside the sewer plant? No, they weren't at that okay. point. But what I was, we were, we were on the roof at about 4.30 in the afternoon, me and our uh, alarm security guy. And we're looking out at the ocean, and, we, and I remember this. We said, you know, it doesn't look that bad. Maybe this thing is just going to blow by. <laughs> Three hours later, it was all hell broke loose. I never yeah, saw anything the night, like it, and night. I never want to see anything like that again. And what we saw at the Santander, was the only, and it's the only time I've ever seen it, was Deal Lake and the ocean kind of hitting the streets of Deal Lake around the same time. I there, saw that in 92. There were a bad uh, storm then, too. Where there were dead fish at our, at, outside oh, of our building. Over. Oh, yeah. So, we had a, well, yeah. There was fish, seaweed, eels. There was all kinds of stuff floating yeah. around the lower level of that plant after that. Did but, I already uh, ask you grossest part of the work no. you do? Did I ask you that already? Well, wait, you fell into shit. Was that literal? Right. We did, you started the story. I have, yeah, I have. Uh-huh. Many times. Mm-hmm. Actually, deliberately, you know. There's times when we have to, uh, to go do save we a guy. To we have to go in the tanks. We have yeah. to. Uh, and do you wear a special suit? I assume. Well, sure. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Like a like a scuba suit? No, just a Tyvek suit, okay. gloves. You know, regular uh, bio protection. <laughs> but I mean, there's only so much you can wear and actually work. So you you can get so protected, and then you know, you just have to realize what you're doing for a living and do it. It's uh, at this point. I'm so used to I've been doing it for so long that it's just second nature. It doesn't bother me at all. I, you know, many years ago, I used to work at the Hess oil refinery mm-hmm. on the, in Carteret. Sure. I've been inside those big storage tanks yep. on the turnpike. And the first time I had to go in there, I was like, oh, no, I do not want to go. Because what you don't know is when you go in the manhole, there's a float inside. Yeah. And so you go in the manhole and the float is right on your head. And you yeah. had to like, you know, Crouch down to the middle, then climb up through a hole. First time you do it, horrifying. Then you're like, well, <clears throat> this is what we're doing today. We're going in. Yeah. Like, you get over it. So. The um, You guys remember the crack epidemic mm. in the late 80s and 90s? Part of our job then was removing crack vials. We would get thousands of them every day. 
in our primary tanks. It was people I, were flushing them. Yeah, people were flushing them, and they would come in by the literally, literally by the thousands. We would have to scoop them out, shovel them out, and get rid of them. Was it glass or plastic? Glass or? and mm-hmm. plastic, both. Mm-hmm. I am was, so puzzled. What people feel like they should put down the toilet? Is it a? I'm, I'm just not. Well, I guess when the cops are running up the stairs or something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right. I wish that I had some sense. pictures that of that, sense. but I don't. Uh, so I anyway. read. I, I, you know, I, uh, for years, I, used to, uh, I wear contacts. I used to throw my contacts in there, and I read recently, stop throwing your contacts. The like, king doesn't approve of contacts no, being thrown down. The, the t- I never did in Asbury. I did it in previous <laughs> places I lived, and then I read an article. Like, I kind of like thought they're, they're innocuous, they're small, but they're solid. It's solid. They're designed not to no, break down. Fine. So don't throw your contacts down in the, the garbage or toilet. But, um, What's you the- know, I, my job has been really good to me. I, I don't complain about work. I really like my job. I always have, you know, personnel. And you're never going to retire, right, Rudy? Eh, I don't know. I don't have a compelling reason to retire at this point. You know, fortunately, my health is good, and uh, the king doesn't retire. The and king, the king likes to be where where the king is. <laughs> and I work on the beach in Asbury Park. Yeah, I mean, a, a sister-in-law of mine came down and saw this. She couldn't believe her eyes. She said, "This is where you work." I said, "Yeah." She goes, "I can't believe." I said, "Well, you know." It has its advantages. It's good and to be the king. It's good to be the <laughs> it's king. It's good to be the king. I wasn't always the king. Yeah. But um, what's the. Uh, no, I, I, the city's been really good to me. And you talked a little bit about your staff. So we want to give all of those all yes. of those guys kudos. You want to tell guys. how many staff do you have and, and talk only, about them a little bit? There's only four guys. There's only four guys. And, and Probably one of the reasons also you don't have a lot of drama. Well, when you drive Something by, you would 80. never know there's anyone in there, right? That's the other yeah. secret. It looks, it's so self-contained. You never see anyone going in or out. It's, right. Yeah. yeah, we, um, I did, we've had our personnel problems over the years like any other operation. But after, actually, it was after Sandy. There was three of us on that crew. And one guy was waiting for back surgery. And uh, I finally went to the city and I said, you have to let me hire some people. And they were like, well, we can give you a couple of guys. From I said, no. No, no, no. We've done that. We've tried that before. You need to hire some people that want the job. They're not here for other reasons or whatever else. And I was able to get a couple, three guys, actually, who all had experience and are all good. They've gotten their licenses. They're very hard workers. And uh, they do deserve a lot of credit because, you know, I can't do this by myself. And thank God I have some guys that, that they, they really pick up. Rudy, what's the licensures needed to work there? Well, there's DEP wastewater licenses and collection system licenses. There's four levels. Um, they start at one, one through four, S1 to S4. And uh, it's also the same in the water industry. There's, uh, there's water licenses. You have to have the licenses to uh, operate a system. And, uh, you know, you have to go to school at night. Uh, let's see. I had to take do, do you have any pipe fitters on there or do you have, is, that, is that outsourced? No. No, mm-hmm. we, we do it ourselves most of the time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> uh, I was trying to sneak pictures. That's why I'm um, slightly, slightly delayed. So what, um, I interrupted your story. So you go to school at night where? Like, say, the community college or is there a state? They have it. They mm-hmm. give it at uh, Rutgers. They give it at the, uh, the vocational school in uh, Freehold. The Monmouth, the- Vo- Monmouth Vocational. There's different. Uh, oh, it's the Center locations. for Government Services yeah. at Rutgers, yeah. says it. Okay. Yeah. Whom I, I kind of work with, oddly enough. Yeah. Oh, wow. So. And you take the course and uh, you, you go down to Trent and pass your exams. They're pretty difficult, to be honest, especially if you uh, haven't been in school for many years, as was my case. But, uh, you know, you hang in there and you get through it. Mm-hmm. And for me, it paid off. It's good. We're going to switch gears and probably switch back to the sewer plant, but let's just talk about what an amazing musician you are, Rudy. And I am now trying to find you in Asbury so I can come see. Well, that would be fantastic. Uh, yeah, part of the part of the reasoning for the podcast is to shine a light on who works at Asbury Park. So you don't you're just a, not just king of the sewer plant; like you are an accomplished artist. So. We want to let everyone know. Well, and not only who works here, we try to humanize them because, like, for example, Mike Manzella. Mm-hmm. People scream at Mike all day long yeah. about parking tickets and parking. Yeah, sure. And what a dumb idiot he is. Mind you, he's brilliant. He, he's truly brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started to human, trying to humanize some of the employees so the public is kinder to them. Well, I can give you the encapsulated version of uh, me. Go. Mm-hmm. I came from a, you know, we're from Newark, both sides of the family. And my father was a professional drummer. That's all he ever did. He, um, 
he worked with just about anybody you can imagine post-World War II uh, until like uh, early 90s when he, uh, he hung it up. He passed away now a few years ago. But uh, he played in Asbury Park with, of all people, Cab Calloway, wow. the Minnie the Moocher guy. Hang up. <laughs> Jan uh, is getting a lot of calls today. My mother was a singer, uh-huh. and she sang with Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians, which was a kind of a big Americana-type group yeah. uh, You know, in the 40s, I guess, 30s and 40s. She toured the whole country with them. So that's the, um, that's the environment that I came from. And, uh, you know, that's good. We, we should mention this to Yvonne. You know, that's good. Good, uh, you know, we have the Springwood Avenue project trying to, you know, where Asbury's Asbury trying to, yeah, um, the Asbury Amp trying to sort of, you know, bring to light a, sort of that lost history that got erased, like, you yeah. know, the vibrant music scene down along uh, Springwood. So sure. Cab, Cab Calloway, Billy Holiday played Asbury Park, yeah. which is pretty, you know, hard to find a mention of that. Lots and, uh, of people did, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, that was, uh, that's what I came from. We grew up in, uh, I was from Newark and East Orange and... Uh, you know, there was a lot of music around there. That's where Dionne Warwick is from. Uh, Whitney Houston's from East Orange. I think Queen Latifah. There's a lot of people from that area. And uh, I remember as a kid listening to the, uh, the street beats, you know, the parades and uh, the school drummers and stuff like that. And uh, the kid behind me, or the girl that lived behind us, she dated Sly and the Family Stones drummer for a while. And oh, it, wow. I actually met him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is all when I was a kid. But uh, my, you know, I took, I played cello, I played piano, and uh, I eventually settled on the drums, and uh, I played drums and guitar, little keyboard, a little bass. What made you play cello? That's an interesting one. I don't remember why. It was in school. I loved it, actually. And I was in the orchestra doing that, and uh, it was really good. I would have still been doing it, except the day we moved out of East Orange, I still had the cello, and I was not going to give it back. I was... A little larcenous about that cello. <laughs> I just figured I wouldn't say anything. And then the day we were moving, the school called, and they wanted the cello back. So I, I had to give it back. But uh, I love it. And then did it. you move down to the shore? No, we moved to uh, Montclair. Oh, okay. Cellos, are, uh, I'm, that's one of my favorites. It's the instrument I regret not learning. Yes, yeah, it, um, it was good. And I don't know that our four listeners know that you're a musician. Yeah, Have you Joe, talked about it? Joe plays guitar. Yeah, I am a dedicated but terrible jazz guitar player. Oh, so wow. my cats think I'm amazing. Okay. But, but that's about it. <laughs> My dog would howl when I play blues yeah. guitar. Right. It's, I really have to get this on a, a video of this. It's truly funny. And your favorite instrument to play? Uh, and it's between drums and guitar. It, it actually switches back and forth depending on the day. But, I, you know, my, my true inspiration is jazz drums. That's what I like. That's what I studied. That's what I like the best. I've played all, all different styles, and I still do. But jazz drums is, to me, is... I love the art. And and you're in two bands? Three. Uh, three, actually. Three bands. Yeah. I'm in a trio, uh, a guy from Howell Township, Bill McCarrick. He's a guitar player. And uh, another uh, guys that I know from North Jersey, Richie Fasitano, who played with, uh, I think he played with the Delphonics or one of those one mm-hmm. of those guy bands, among many other things. We've known each other since high school, but we had never played together until about five or six years ago, seven years ago. Richie Fasoltano's got to be one of the, mo- the most New Jerseyest of New Jersey names he's I've heard in a while. He's salt right? of the earth. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's like a brother to me. He's a great guy. But we have a, a trio, sometimes quartet, that plays up uh, up around the Milburn area currently. That's another group that I would like to get down to. These guys are excellent musicians. And really, do you play really locally? Yeah, I've played at Moonstruck quite a bit with uh, Storyville. That's uh, the, the trio with Bill McCarrick. Um, we haven't played there in a... And maybe six or eight months, but I know exactly the day. The day of the uh, of the um, the you got drunk um, episode of the podcast. I left here to see Storyville oh, at Moonstruck. That fr- the Friday night one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my they're friend- great. If they're if you see them at the Moonstruck, come it. see them. I am sorry, I missed it. My friend brought these White Claw. I'm not a vodka drinker. Anyway, that was a mistake. Yeah, yeah. So we put a ban on drinking. Uh, I saw the podcast. I'm not allowed to drink during podcasts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't terribly bad, but so you, uh, you know, you and the guest got on the same wavelength, which was drunken. Never a good one. Never a good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all right. My yeah. dance card was punched many yeah. years ago. Right. So, so um, but I so here's my nerdy jazz question. Like, you know, Ginger Baker overrated. I, th- I really think everyone's like, oh, Ginger Baker, the world's greatest jazz drummer. And I'm like, 
No. no well, he, there's great. no greatest chance. Right. Ginger Baker was a great player. He gets he gets a lot of flack, but there was a lot of things about the way he played that are admirable. He was at perfect time. Yeah. The, he had his own style. He was recognizable, and that's not the easiest thing to do. So he, he's he got props for me. He, yeah. I always liked him. Yeah, I like him. I, I'm always, always like, God, man, everyone that you uh, – you only heard him play with Cream. People are like, "Oh, he's the greatest jazz drummer." I was like, "Well, maybe you know, if you heard of Art Blakey or you know other, there's a lot of other names yeah. out there, right?" And uh, you know, those are the guys I grew up with: yeah. Art Blakey, Max Roach, Philly Joe Jones, yeah. Shelly Mann, Buddy Rich, of course. You know, all those, the whole crew, and then the the newer guys: Elvin Jones and Tony, mm-hmm. Tony Williams, etc. Steve Gadd. All those guys are big influences on me. Amy, you love this part of the podcast, right? Yeah, no. So I am I am the worst with music. That's why I'm busy checking questions that we haven't asked. Um, for whatever reason. I'm uh, you know, well, you know Eileen. Eileen is like all things music. So when yes. people ask me anything about music, I'm like, call Eileen. Call Eileen, because I don't know. Other than like folk indigo girls, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I am going to see Alanis Morissette and Melissa Etheridge is coming. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's my genre because I was a lesbian in the nineties and that was our, our still genre. are right yeah i i am still a lesbian mm. not in the 90s but yep yep so um so when you're talking about all these bands and stuff interesting just i don't know who any yeah. of them are really i would to, to circle back to um what, a question from one of our listeners um and by that ed ed uh, unpaid intern ed what's the difference between stormwater runoff and sewage does that still go through your plant no okay never mind they're two separate systems question withdrawn <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you the question that for whatever reason stumps everybody and I don't know why because my answer is always quick which is what what is your favorite movie my favorite movie your favorite movie huh every, and everybody does this big sigh like I asked yeah, them I some profound know. question for a long time it was Apocalypse Now but I haven't thought about this in a long time so I'm going to stick with that I think for now okay and do you have a favorite TV show Nah, not really. I don't watch that much. Um, not I don't watch any network TV anymore, but uh, I really like Breaking Bad. That was the last thing that I, I ex- really got into. I yeah, love that. It was a great show. That was a good one, yeah. And if you had to name us like two or three of your favorite bands. Favorite bands? Um, hmm. Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers would be one. Uh, Tony Williams' Lifetime would be another one. And... Uh, <laughs> The Rolling Stones. Okay. I've always loved the Rolling Stones. Still do. And, me too. And uh, But props to Charlie Watts. Oh, yeah. You know, Charlie Watts is a great player. Yeah. I mean, he's another guy that gets slagged by some people. But look, he's been in that. You know how many hit records that guy's played on? Yeah. Uh, he's doing something right. Trust me. <laughs> the guy's good. And local bands that, that you come out to see? Uh, I have to try and remember their name now. Uh, it was Hive Mind was one, and um, I know I'll never think of the name. They're kind of like a modern fusiony type of band. My brother turned me on to him actually. I mean, he passed away also, but uh, I can't think of the name of them right now. They're really good. I saw them at Langosta. They were like oh, out on the boardwalk. I now I can't think of the name, but I know who you're talking about. Now I can't think of the name. Yeah, it's. So. We will hopefully put that in the podcast. We'll at some take point. our ginkgo biloba and get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's t- it wasn't a lesbian folk singer, or I would have remembered the name. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I try and stay. You know, music is uh, it's good or it's not. That's I, I like all all different genres. It's, if it's good, it's good. I'll listen to it. Eileen's good for me also because she gets me out to see, you know, bands I would not, not otherwise ever know exist, and then I'm, I'm always really glad that I that I've gone out to see them. She did the Esbury Park holiday show and this year's was okay. But last year's just a whole, uh, she coordinated young and newer, you know, younger uh, musicians with, and kind of put them with older musicians. And it was just a really great mixture. Go- going back. That's to all I have on music. Really. <laughs> it's great. Which has nothing to do with what you guys are talking about. But. Uh, going back to the idea, the terrible idea of putting a parking deck on top of the sewage plant. Um, is it true that a car got launched into the side yeah. of the sewage plant? Yeah. Did it, so what happened there? It was this time of year, uh, and it was a day like this, maybe colder, and I got a call from uh, one of my crew, and he said, I think you should probably come down here. <laughs> and I said, why? What happened? And he said, well, there was an accident. And I said, well, what kind of an accident? Well, a car hit the door. And this is all the information I had. And what happened was 
one of the city cab, you know, the minivans yeah. that they have, mm-hmm. came flying down 8th Avenue. The guy must have been going 80 miles an hour. He hit the driveway and launched, went airborne, went right through the roll-up door, and was lodged in between two of the carbon scrubber towers inside the building. And this <laughs> was within was the last couple years, yeah, I feel it was, like. Nah, it was about six or seven six years or seven. ago now. But uh, I came down there, and that's what I saw. This car was suspended wedged between the two scrubbers about 10 feet up in the air. And I said, how did this guy even, how did he do this? Yeah. It was unbelievable. So, but, so who do you call like, like to get that out? Like, uh, you, like you can't call AAA for that, right? That's a little more complicated. I feel like I was on the council for this. Yeah. yeah I forget how the heck we got him out of there. Um, but it took a little while to get the car out. I yeah. Feel yeah. Like, Cause, cause people kept was, going to see it. Yeah. And it was wedged in between these two, uh, Scrubber towers, I, I but can't, up in the know. air, right? Yeah, so he, was, yeah. he, he went airborne. This guy <laughs> was he? Did this he is die? The cab driver. No, was he okay? No, oh, he okay. didn't die. Right. No, but the passenger who I believe worked at the at the senior tower got oh. pretty badly injured. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah if I remember the uh, the whole situation there, our taxi cab people don't play in Asbury. No, they don't drive. Well, there was a. There so was, they're here to win. Whatever it is, they're <laughs> so, here to win. There was a notorious driver here in the 80s. I forget his name. I think it was John. And he couldn't drive. And everybody knew it. And <laughs> you would say, well, did John pick you up? I said, yeah, you know, that guy, he bangs at the curbs and he, he makes he stops and makes you go to the 7 That's John. He's been driving here for years and years and years. And he years. makes stops at the 7 and say, hold yeah. on a minute. That's exactly what Because I, I rode with him a few times. And he goes, do you mind if I stop here and get a soda and a couple yeah. of things? I'm like, oh, sure. I guess. <laughs> So I'm in your car. Is, is the meter running while it gets a big gulp? But this is, you know, this is 80s, late 80s, early 90s Asbury, which had its charms, believe yeah. me. <laughs> uh, I got to give you the question that we also give everybody. Um, John Moore allows the council to approve $10 million for the sewer plant. What are you doing with it? That's the first I heard that figure. But uh, is that, he's is that never going to approve. Yeah, he's never going to do it. He's not approving ten dollars for the sewer. No, I'm kidding. No. Actually, if you ask for stuff, he he he's he's I, okay. Yeah, with it, I have a good relationship asked. with John. He's uh, he's he's backed me up. We're quite trying a bit. to get him on the podcast. Yeah. Which... Um. The thing is, we need to seriously upgrade the plant. And I just had a meeting with Donna Viero, which okay. went yeah. very well. Our new, our new city mm-hmm. manager. Yes. Yep. Do you know? I'm going to digress for two seconds. Uh, woman c- city manager, woman superintendent. Uh, majority of women on the city council, majority of women on the board of ed. Listen, why are you trying to limit the bad decisions of local government by putting sane people in charge? <laughs> okay, sorry. So you met with Donna? Yes. And uh, we we uh, we have TNM and Christine involved in uh, upgrading our RBCs, the rotating biological contactors. I know nobody knows what that is, but Not it's an a, extremely important thing in the uh, treatment plant. And, Chrissy uh, Ballard is so excited about the plant. She's awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. You, she just is, she's just in uh, awe. Yeah, she's, she's great. I've known her for years and years. She Wonderful. Lit, she lit up when I asked her about stormwater runoff in Deal Lake. Yeah. She yeah. had a whole like narrative. That's why it was the best episode because she, like she was on fire. We didn't have to do anything. Right. Like, she asked a question. She's like, like yeah, like whipped yeah. out a Wikipedia page of stuff. Yeah. You know? She's, uh, she's great. So the things that you're talking about, is that the things that I've seen that you guys are slowly but surely replacing like one by one? The king loves it when people <laughs> remember what they see when they go in that plant. That's exactly right. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it, you saw, well, you saw with your own eyes what kind of a job yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah. And it's it's nearly impossible, which is why I keep giving my crew credit for doing this. I can tell you right now, I can't think of another MUA that would tackle that kind of work in-house. I mean, most of these guys would just say, no, we're not going to do that. And these guys, uh, they're doing it. So, So, No, just uh, as a government outsider, does the state pitch in money for this or the county, or is this all on Asbury's back when we do something like that? There's talk right now of uh, upgrade with a a state program. I I can't remember the name of it. Christine's involved in that, and Dawn Zimmer with uh, Schneider Electric. So we have two parallel things going on, the, the upgrade for the RBCs and a uh, energy management upgrade via Schneider Electric and uh, this state ETI, EIT, something like that. I can't remember uh, exactly what, but I believe they, uh, they appropriate some funding or some kind of financing. There's some kind of a deal, you know, to help us upgrade. So that's very exciting for me. That's all going on now. Uh, for those that don't know, Don Zimmer is the former mayor of Hoboken. Right. 
uh, and left. She didn't have political aspirations, did mainly what she wanted to do, and then um, now works for Schneider. Yeah, yep. Schneider Electric, yeah. Good for her. Yeah. All right, what else we got, Joe? Um, Rudy, you and I both ride motorcycles. Yes. That makes us cooler than Amy. Right. So does. that's not a question. That I'm just that throwing that out there. Question. I would love to ride a motorcycle. My wife doesn't think I pay attention long enough that I, that, that would work. Well, you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention. When I'm on the scooters, I literally have to. So I have a touch of, which I'm sure is no surprise to anyone. I have a, I have a just a touch of ADD, just <laughs> a small touch. Um, but when I'm on the scooters, T. I have to say to myself, Amy, pay attention. Amy, pay attention. Because it's not you. Attention. It's everyone else around you. Like on the bike, you know, you know, Rudy and I aren't doing anything unusual but people on their cars are oh yeah you 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 see people drive watching i've seen people pass me on the bike who are literally watching a movie with their cell phone tucked into their their sun visor Mm -hmm. so while they're driving they're watching a movie it's uh it's been that which is dangerous for us on two wheels and do you hate the scooters rudy i love the scooters but i know I it's am more afraid of the scooters than I am of, of uh, my motorcycle, to be honest with you. I rode one once, and I was like, man, I just feel like I'm going to get hurt on this thing. Good for you well, for riding one. Well, first thing is I want to see how fast it goes. And then... What, was it at 15 or 12 when you rode it? I so we had to lower it, 15, it at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 15 was a little... So you should try it at 12, because 15 was a little... We all got on it and was like, holy shit. 15 uh, was pretty fast. 15 was pretty fast. Well, so we, we did lower it to 12. It's a little yeah. better. I'm comfortable on the bike, on a motorcycle. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I'm afraid to fly, but uh, I ride that motorcycle around rather fearlessly. Yeah. And there's no logic to my fear of flying. It's I'm afraid of flying, and I ride my scooters pretty fearlessly. I, I also to... bungee jumped. What? Yeah, I know. It's, the flying is, it's not about getting in a plane. It's about um, not having control. Yeah, I have a whole, yeah. Although, I arguably, this. I wouldn't have control bungee oh, yes, jumping bungee and jumping, jumping out of yeah, planes I mean, either, but so. I've still done it. Well, where young. did you do that? Vegas. I, and I jumped out of a plane. That's so the you highest Vegas, you can jumped do. Out, jumped off a bridge. <laughs> essentially and jumped out of a plane right yeah i did both right. but again i was in my 20s hmm. you don't do that in your 40s uh, or ever even like no you know although i used to ride around the motorcycle with like no no jacket no shirt and that was dangerous a 400 hundred dollar helmet but no shirt like right because you thought you looked cool because no because when you're in your 20s you have testosterone poisoning you think like i'm immune I want to go fast. The law requires I have a helmet. Now I'm like I'm like, like an armored knight. <laughs> I bought, when I started riding in my early 20s or actually late teens, I had some street bike. I don't even remember. Some Yamaha, I think. And I bought the cheapest helmet I could possibly get. At I had a friend that worked for at the uh, Harley Davidson dealer in Bloomfield. And this thing wouldn't st- this wouldn't protect you if you tripped and fell. <laughs> this like helmet a, would be of like a no walnut use shell. whatsoever. <laughs> And yeah. uh, I didn't have a license. I don't think I maybe not insurance or any of that stuff. Because you need uh, a specific license for a motorcycle, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's not difficult to get. No, you know it should be harder to get. To be honest, do you ride your motorcycle to work? Sure. Really? Weather permitting? Yeah. Oh yeah. Good for you. I love to ride. Yeah, I used to ride it to work. Oh, a lot. Hmm. But I have a fuse problem, Rudy. I need to talk to you on the side. Are uh, you still having that uh, <laughs> the fuse problem with yeah. the old Triumph? Yeah, it's moved around a bit, so yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that. It's a different fuse this month, so. Um, any last sewage thoughts? Uh, no, I don't have any last oh, sewage thoughts. So the outpipe, how far out does that go? 2,000 feet. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it splits into a Y, and there's diffusers that come up off it. It's not just an open-ended pipe. Yeah. Because the, uh, the effluent comes up through the diffusers. But uh-huh. uh, that's, that's the situation. And would you encourage people to go into this kind of work? Absolutely. I've been steadily employed. For of course, 32... who wouldn't need, who doesn't need sewer? Yeah, things? but before that, I mean, I was scuffling around playing music, painting houses, doing this, doing that. I never had any money. So, I mean, this has been great for me. And the uh, the other interesting, uh, that thought just left my head. Well, and, and the other thing is, you know, it's been great to watch the city metamorphosize into what it is now. This is really fantastic. When I started here, you know, you couldn't buy a cup of coffee mm-hmm. after three o'clock in the afternoon, and the, the town was literally shut down and boarded up. Yeah, empty. Cookman Avenue from one end to the other. The summertime, there would be no one on the beach. The and nicest when did you start day, to see progress? I started to see it uh, about seven years ago, I guess. Seven or eight seven years or eight ago years is ago. when. I mean, there was a couple of false starts, but uh, 
this this has really been the the big uh, the big change, and it's really great. I tell people all the time they come into work, and I tell them seven years ago there would be see that beach there would be no one, and they're like, no, it can't be, it can't be. I'm so I'm telling you, it's really been an amazing. Uh, when Amazing I, change. When, when I first moved down here, I'd go to the beach on the north end. There'd be nobody there. I'd see some of my neighbors like way over yeah. there, but nobody. And we had a friend from um, Oregon come to visit, and there was nobody here. She's like, why is there nobody here? Yeah. And I was like, listen, it's a long story. She goes, no, it doesn't make any sense. It's waterfront property. Yeah. Like nowhere in the country is there a beach like this where there's nobody on it. Right. And it's like, well, there's nowhere in the country particularly – like this, you know. Well, it's, it's the perce- it was the perception that it was dangerous. You yeah. know, uh, something would happen if you went to. I lived here for years and I never had any problems at all. I mean, you know, me you too. Where did you, you live when you lived here? On Eighth Avenue. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, no, it, we're, yeah, we're on. We're in accord with that. So, um, so we asked the million dollar, the ten million dollar John Moore question. We got an answer to that. Um, what else should we ask? I think we're. Because we are coming up on our time. We are co- it is light of day, so there's going to be a musician. Yeah, there's yeah, a musician yeah. going to be here in a little bit, so we got to clear out. Um, so, thank you, Rudy. You're thank welcome. you for also being the least drama-filled department in Asbury Park City Government. We aim to please. Knock wood. And uh, <laughs> now yeah. I'm going to get now Tuesday. They'll be called a lot of drama going in the sewer department, yeah. Amy. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone's going to have a yeah cause. You know, yeah, um, I jinxed you now. Um, I think that's it. I, you know, I had a question and then it just, I don't know. It's up my mind. Right. So no motorcycle for you. No motorcycle for me until I start paying attention. Well, Rudy and I can teach you how if you time. decide to get the license. You can use Yeah, my talk to Heather. To get it tomorrow. Don't, don't tell her. Heather doesn't listen to the show, does she? Well, she does. She does listen to <laughs> okay. What you do is you take, you take the uh, MSF course. They give it at, at, at Brookdale, Brookdale yeah. College. It's two days. You ride around in, in the parking lot. They show you basic stuff, and then you can get your endorsement on your on your license. You don't have to take a road test or anything. You just go to DMV, show them that you passed the course. They give you your your endorsed motorcycle endorsement, and you're good. And do I need to keep that in a garage? I don't have a garage. You can put it on the street if you buy a cheap one. Just okay. Put, just put do a you cover. put yours in a garage? Mine's in a garage, and yours is in a garage. Both of them. Yeah. I'm My not- first one was not in a garage. We can talk about that later. Okay. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back next two weeks from now with, I'm not going to, every time I say the people that we're coming back with the special guests and and that ends up being that. I'm pretty happy. I'm fairly certain we did not screw up today's recording. So we'll see. Kudos to me. (laughs) Also, we want to welcome Ming, who is from Shared Universe, who does a ton of podcasts. Yeah. And he is now on the Asbury Park Boardwalk. Yeah. But there's a podcast studio on the boardwalk. I, I saw it and I don't know. I see. A lot of people doing that, uh, like there's podcasts there every day. I listen to some of them. Others, there's just I a listen lot, to some of them too. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna okay. contact him and do something with him. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, all right. Thanks, Thank Rudy. You. Thanks, You're guys. welcome. Thank you. Asbury Pod gratefully acknowledges the support of Words, Asbury Park's only independent bookstore offering new and gently used books for all readers. Words also hosts a range of literary and social events for adults and children. Located on 623 Cookman Avenue, Words is open every day save Tuesday from noon to 5. Stop by and say hello.